I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, it's your host at Steedity NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And of course, on the line of me, old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. Mr. Ryan Peacock, what is happening? Oh, I'm good. It's a bit back back to reality this week, isn't it? After, let's, let's come on, let's shout about it. Having the cameras following us around this weekend. Oh, yeah. I was walking up and down Camden Street. They said, uh, walk this way mr o'brien he put in uh he put on that song you know the saturday night fever like staying alive i was walking up and down a dublin street getting filmed with the movie staying alive in very my pocket. nice yeah. i want to tell our listeners though that whilst it all sounds great whilst they were filming him walking up and down i've never seen this guy enjoy having makeup put on so much yeah it was the lipstick and the suspenders i think that i enjoyed the most i started to Long wonder film. what type of filming they were doing it was it's, you know what it was the most surreal thing ever so to give people a background if this is your first podcast shame on you to begin with but second off let's explain but welcome so, but welcome yeah shame on you but hi how are you uh, so what we did is we had cameras coming over from the packers themselves uh the executive producers producers of top uh tv shows and the cameraman wasn't just the cameraman he was like uh Eric is his name, but I don't know, should we give him his full name? We won't give his full name. Eric is his name anyway, he's the dude. So he was like a top movie director, and of course they all work sort of freelance, uh, yada yada yada. But anyway, so they come over and they were filming myself and Ryan and the rest of the UK Packers just to try to get sort of a handle on what we do. And it was cool, Ryan, wasn't it? I mean, they were there on the night, and as a result we had um, Gab- uh, Gabrielle valdez Dale come over. She's the VP of Fan Engagement and Marketing. She's... A seriously powerful woman and seriously a load of fun i i was scared at first when i found out she was coming over but then after you know we all start leathering into the pints and some wine i mean she was so laid back and so cool wasn't she are you sure we weren't meant to say you know because she was on the clock representing that actually she wasn't drinking and uh oh, i was talking about us i she... oh, yeah she kept oh, yeah, yeah. professional Let's keep that in. each and every clear. time each and every time <laughs> but she did bring us a fantastic present didn't she oh yeah signed um, latroy Zion jersey it was fantastic, and it wasn't the only signed jersey we gave away. We gave away a Mike Holmgren jersey as well, mm. thanks to Touchdown House. Yep. Um, I want to give those guys a shout-out. Go and find them on Facebook. Just search Touchdown House. Uh, we, what else did we have? Lots of T-shirts. We had yep. beer holders. We had uh, our Eddie Lacey T-shirts. We had everything, and we gave away, I don't know. If, if somebody left without a prize, I'd be surprised. But what do you reckon we had there? 80-odd eight, eight, eight people? Yeah, if not more, because we took a picture at the end of the night, but you have to bear in mind, a lot of people weren't in Packers jersey. They, they kind of heard about it, the party while it was on and strolled on in, and then we'd some people leaving early, some people left after the first jersey giveaway, which is like when someone leaves and their team goes down, you know, 3-0, and then they miss the win, their team comes back and wins 4-3 or something, you know, like, don't leave after the first signed jersey. It was a, Do you know what? It was the most successful night we've had, and as such, we're doing more, aren't we, Ryan? We are going to do more, yeah. So we've got, uh, just to keep it on the international series theme, the last game, uh, can't even remember who that is. I think it's the Redskins game, isn't it? Yeah, um, Anonymous versus Anonymous. It's not the Packers, so screw them. Yeah, doesn't matter. Not watching. Well, no. some of you probably are. I'm not. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a party at Bloomsbury Lanes. Um, it's a VIP party. So basically, Gridiron Magazine that you've all heard of, 
they're hosting the after party. The, they're calling it the International Series After Party because it's after the last game. Mm-hmm. We've got a VIP room. It's been offered up to us because obviously we are the best oh, yeah. and everybody wants UK Packers at their events. So we've been offered up the room. True. Uh, it's £20 a ticket. It gets you two free beers. It gets you obviously entry into the club on guest list. That means, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you do not need to queue. You can turn up in that Rolls Royce. You can jump straight out down the red carpet through the front door. Oh, yeah, prime um, time. I love it. Free copy of uh, Gridiron magazine, mm. um, waitress service all night, and like I said, VIP area to watch the game Packers versus Falcons. Um, best bit about that is we can keep all the Bears fans outside. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's worth at least 20 quid. But if you add it up, what, two beers? Is, how much is a beer in London? Uh, I mean, a beer, uh, beer, I think down there is about four pounds a bottle. Um, so that's eight quid of your money. Yeah. Your magazine is normally, I think, for four pounds, four pounds fifty, something like that. Yeah. Um, each, each copy of that. So you're going to have that month's brand new copy for free. So you're already looking at sort of 15 odd quid's worth of stuff right there. That's some excellent and, maths right there. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love look, the way we just add on chunks of money. Look, anyone that's listening to podcasts knows that you know I don't give a damn about stats, numbers, or anything else, right? I just say how oh, it is. It's about fifteen quid's worth of stuff. Meaning you're getting that VIP party experience, big screen, just Packers fans, um, and the waitress service for, for for a fiver. You know, it's absolutely worthwhile. The food there's great. The parties there, we've been to them before. They're fantastic, aren't they? Yeah. You know, it's just good. The only thing is, guys, there is limited tickets. So, um, and that's not some sort of market employee to just get you to rush through the door and buy them. Genuinely is limited tickets. Um, after that, then you'll be able to buy a general sale tickets, but they won't obviously be in the VIP area. Yeah, like do get on them because we've already sold a bunch of them, haven't we? So, and yeah, the thing I think is, five or six are gone today. So yeah, so I mean, we just put out one tweet, and already where people were throwing stuff at us. So. Yeah, get involved. The last party was amazing. Uh, this party, again, look, look, we're not going to have the Packers there. Clay Matthews won't be showing up in his spandex pants, but Ryan will. So, you know, go to the party and you're going to be overdoing that. And then while you're doing that, I'm going to show on a people. What, whoa, what is this? What? You've got to do some big announcement. This is a first time ever okay. announcement, is it not? Well, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get so excited about it. There's a celebrity guest in the build. No, it's uh, me. So I'm going to be overdoing the Irish You're the team. celebrity guest. Yeah, which is pretty, you know. Like, I don't know if that's going to sell any tickets, bro. No, I think, you know, I'm going to have to pay people to go. But yeah, no, I'll be there. I'll be leading a sort of a small band of merry Irishmen over here in Ireland. So we're going to find a find a nice spot, probably the Woolshed, just off Jervis Street in Dublin. So look, if you're English, you're listening and you're going to be in Ireland at the time, come see me and me buddies, me old pals that aren't Ryan Peacock NFL. Uh, and I'm going to be there hanging out. Now, there's no tickets. You know, we're not as we're not as pompous as Ryan and his band of merry men. Bunch of Irish lads going down the pub watching the game. You know, we, we, I don't need to sell you any VIP tickets. I don't, I don't need to give you any free magazines. I don't need to buy your points for you. All right. You just arrive. We shoot the breeze. We watch the game. We shag some sheep and we go home. All right, that's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Is that uh, does that that place you say the wool shed, right? Yeah. Can you uh, park the horse and cart up for free outside of there, or? No, sheep's are free. Horse and cart is two pound fifty. Yeah. If you bring the horse in, it's free. And what are you doing? Listening to the game on the wireless, or have they got TVs now? Uh, yes, just the wireless, and then we have two guys up front acting out each play. I mean, I mean, what more could you want? I love that. That sounds quite interesting. So there you go. Look, 
Dublin, London. We're having two parties simultaneously. Um, let's see who can get the big following. Uh, just do it. Come to one of the parties. Let's see what we can do. Hopefully, if we get enough people there, we might be able to do some stuff with some T-shirts. Maybe let's we'll find out, won't we? Let's see what the interest is. Well, do you know what I'd love to do, actually? I'd love to talk Packers Giants because that's what we're here for. Let's do it. Let's. I'd love to have this mad cool jingle coming on right now to bring it on in. But look, we're, we're why don't you off. Do you, why don't you do your best X Factor voice? And now, Packers Giants, someone's granny's just died. You know, that's all X Factor's about, isn't it? Dead relatives. You have a sad backstory, haven't you? I've got a sad backstory for you on this one, and just to bring it round. Okay, go on. Shields is out, Cook's out. Now, that's a sad backstory. Or is it? But Cook means that your man, Justin Perillo, is going to see the field more and more and more. So, Steve right now is loving it because this is his ultimate man crush. Yeah, having a mangasm right now. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the tight end position. Uh, McAdoo came out during the week and was saying that he was looking forward to Cook going up the field and having a big impact. Look, McAdoo put it down. I mean, Cook hasn't really, Ryan, has he had a big impact so far? He has. They haven't really integrated him into the offense yet. So, you know, people are waxing lyrical about, oh, here we go, here, here it starts. Look, Justin Perillo, uh, again, yes, I do have a man crush on him because I think... He, and all seriously you know, kind of leaving the joke on the side he does get open you know he runs crisp routes he gets open catches the ball each and every time I can't remember the last one he's dropped so you have to remember last year Perillo played in 10 games including the playoffs so this isn't a guy who's short on experience he's been around his team a long time but the number one telling thing about the impact that he might have and hopefully will have in this Giants game and get his opportunity because Cook is down with that ankle injury. Is that Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he likes the way Justin Perillo operates, that he works hard, uh, he works hard in his fundamentals, and on top of that, he said he has a lot of faith in Justin Perillo. That's all you need from A Rod. You need him to be able to trust you to throw you the ball because, you know, he's, he's one of the best protectors of the ball in the game. So even he's trusting me, man, Justin. Trusting Justin. So, I mean, what more could you want? And Richard Rodgers again. Last year, I think he was 13th out of all tight ends in the NFL. Jared Cook was 53rd. So, you know, Richard Rodgers has a good impact to make. He just gets a lot of flack, doesn't he, Ryan, for not being that big-bodied tight end. Um, But again, I think he's going to make an impact in this game, and I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. He does. I've got some thoughts on this, okay? Cook has done okay so far. Yes, he's taken a while to get in, but he's also that low-risk option, isn't he? I think it was a one-year contract. Yeah. And I think they did that for a reason. They said, go out there and prove you're worth more essentially so either he'll do that or he won't do that we've got very good i don't even want to say second on the depth chart because richard rogers was the starter last season yeah and richard rogers did well yes he's not the big big body type and all, and all that thing but there's two different types of tight end you have the blocking tight end mm. that helps you in the run game that helps give you the extra protection and then you have the receiving tight ends okay the ex-basketball player type tight ends now richard rogers I think, has been pushed by Cook. I think you've seen a good show when he has had the chance to show it. Um, and, I mean, I'm not I'm not quite ready to go and buy the Perillo jersey just yet. <laughs> and I can see you've got yours on tonight. Oh, yeah. But but this kid, you know, when he gets on the field, he's going to have a chance to prove something. And who knows how many games he gets the chance to get those extended snaps. So we could see a real good show from our Titans. Yeah, so I mean, if we're looking at the injury report, um, Sam Shields is out again. Now, at the get-together, 
a lot of people were waxing lyrical about what they thought of the whole situation and here's my take for what it's worth I don't know if Sam Shields is going to be back another thing that I don't know is is I I don't know if he does come back if he'll be around for long Ryan I think Sam Shields is one more concussion away from season ending I think he was skirting that line that Jermichael Finley was skirting with the neck injury you know I it's a lot to take on. He's had what? He's always, in six years, he's had four concussions. He's had two concussions in the last nine months. He's went to see a concussion specialist outside of Green Bay. He had to take, I think it was something like four games off the last time he was concussed. He's looking at a similar time off this time. And there's already people talking about, like, is he going to be back or not? You know, and then Adam Schefter's coming out saying, yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be back. Don't worry about it. But you do have to worry about a guy because there's a lot of factors in play here I mean he's still going mm-hmm. through the concussion protocol and he's not out yet you know and that's not something that he's just deciding to sit out because there's all this talk about oh yeah he wants to be back on the field you know but I think this is more serious than people you know really think it and believe it is yeah I don't mean I can see why you think that I, I'm going to try and be positive I think I think we'll see him back I think though the Packers are going to take their time with him um, I think obviously like we've said before there's so many more checks nowadays so much more aware of the effects of concussions um, that I think you're probably just seeing everybody out on the side of, ca- of caution. And let's face it, at the end of the day, that's exactly the right way to do it because these are the, the human beings first and their football players second. Yeah. Okay. And I know sometimes we can maybe, we can all be guilty as fans of seeing it the other way around. You know, when, when a player gets injured, you go, oh, great, fantasy team points, you know, all this sort mm-hmm. of thing. But, you know, I think they're probably erring on the side of caution. I think he'll be back. <sighs> You're right, though. If he comes back and then there's another concussion, and then you've got to start worrying because he's obviously then susceptible to it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it this way, he comes back, he plays, but is he going to be the same? I mean, is a concussion not the same as kind of an ACL tear or whatever, what we were talking about? Now, again, look, you tear your ACL like Jordy, you come back, your ACL is stronger because it's been reconstructed, blah, blah, blah. What I'm talking about is... This is a guy who probably knows full well from a medical standpoint that one more concussion could be the death knell of his career, of his millions. He's an excellent player. He's a great guy. Now, I'm not, and you know, I'm not being negative, and I'm not, I'm not saying for an instant that I don't want him back. Jesus, of course I do. But I'm saying realistically here, if a player comes back and knows, look, if you're playing a video game and you've got three lives, you lose two of them, you've got one left. You're a little bit more gingerish with your little Mario man or your Call of Duty dude or whatever people do. Your Tomb Raider. I mean, you know, so he's going out onto the field knowing that one more could be the end of him. I, I, that dude plays in a different way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know that. I think we have to wait and see when he's back. I think when he gets on the field, he'll, he'll be absolutely raring to go. I don't think it will affect him in that way. I don't think he'll be... You know, not putting a hit on somebody or playing at half pace because generally you start playing at half pace or doubting yourself, that's when you get hurt big time. So I don't think it'll affect me in that way. Um, I think, like I said before, I've had a number of probably what now I realise were concussions back when when I played uh, American football and when I played rugby before that. Mm. Um, I don't think you ever really think about it. I think, unfortunately, as soon as you step across that white line, you know, that you're... I guess any concern for your own safety almost goes out the window because the only thing you're concerned with is winning. I think that's where you have to then trust the people that are around him in the team, whether it be the team doctors and physicians and everybody else. You have to trust them to look after the player. Yeah, and I mean, look, if you're listening to this 
hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Do you think Sam's going to be back? Uh, do you think he should come back from a personal standpoint? Do you think he's a danger when he does come back? Uh, let us know because we like hearing your and seeing your tweets when we put out some questions. We, yeah, we, we always want to hear from the guys, don't we? We don't want, you know, we're talking to you. Essentially, we're trying to have a discussion. So tweet us. I don't know. Do we need a hashtag? Packers podcast. Oh, hashtag Packers Oi. podcast and we'll see your tweets. UK Packers podcast. Yeah, I mean, just add us, you know, just just hit us up. Let us know because we, we love that. We love when we put out a podcast and people come in with their opinions. Uh, because as Ryan said, look, if we could have everyone of us here in the booth with us in the UK Packer HQ, we would. Uh, but we can't. So it's just me and Ryan talking uh, between ourselves and hoping that we get a bit of input then after i think ryan though more significant than the injuries is the people that got healthy during the bye week um you know it's a blessing and a curse really isn't it this bye week so we've morgan burnett back uh dayton jones is back um clay matthews is uh, free of his injury now he's back in practice and latroy Guyon as well so you know there's an awful lot more positives on the injury standpoint but let's have a quick talk about this early bye week it doesn't bode well for teams, does it, that have an early bye week? Uh, it depends, doesn't it? Because I guess, you know, the week we had, the, that last game we played, we had so many people injured. Actually, it probably suits us at this time. So I think generally you, you want your bye week around about week seven, eight, don't you? You know, that's when you want it halfway through, recharge the batteries, go again. Now, unfortunately, every year somebody has to have a late one, somebody has to have an early one. I think actually this year when you looked at it on paper start season, you went, oh, no. Last thing we wanted, a week four bye week. Yeah. But actually, I think the situation we're in, I think absolutely suits us this time around. Well, do you know what? It's not having the crystal ball, really, because if we look into, you know, because this is going to be a long season now. We've only three games gone. You know, people say, uh, you know, it's a week four, four bye, but it's kind of week three because you've three games done and then you're off for a week. So now we're looking down the barrel of a lot of games. Now, to give you some stats behind the whole thing, is that an early bye week, you know you're more injury prone then as you go on so you lose more players so you tend not to do as well teams throughout the league when they have an early buy have went half and half you know 0.5 um so they've won the same amount that they've lost now the packers have done considerably better than that when they've had an early buy the last time we had an early buy was 2013 and we went on four straight wins um after the buy so a lot of stuff can click um, early in the season then you kind of shake off the cobwebs it's almost like a mini preseason in the regular season you, you get those three four games out of the way you get a break to reassess everything and then you come straight back into it um, and another stat as well out there floating around in the Packers stratosphere is that the Packers have never lost a game at Lambeau in October since the, I'm going to say never lost the, right they've, let me rephrase it the Packers the last time they lost the game in October was before 2010 so since 2010 the Packers have not lost a home game at Lambeau at all right so what look, I've said it 10 different yeah, ways yeah you almost <laughs> dug yourself out that one then yeah but all I'm saying is look just rejoice not in my grammar or my syntax and rejoice in the stat behind that the Packers usually get it done in October almost like how Romo used to not get it done in December that's how sort of famous it is all I want to say there is and this is this is where now I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly, okay. but McCarthy has lost three on a run. Uh, for, sorry, lost the th- last three to the Giants. Yeah, and the last and two of those were actually at Lambeau Field itself. So, and one of those was it, when <laughs> Jesus, lest we remind ourselves. I'm not. I'm not talking about it. No, I don't, I don't want to go into specifics, 
But all I'm saying is, whilst your October stats are good, the Giants have seemed to be in recent years our, I don't know if you want to call it a bogey team, but yeah, mm. essentially our bogey team. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, you know, the Giants to us are kind of like the Giants are to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's just a total... Uh, <laughs> what are you doing there? Just the, I've the just screen... got super, super cramp in my foot. <sighs> From what I'm seeing, and this is the most disturbing thing ever, it's just Ryan... I, I can only see the top half. So below the bottom half is violence, shaking and rubbing. What were you doing? I got cramp in my foot, like real bad, and I was trying to keep quiet so I didn't shout over the top of you, and then I just put you off anyway. I just thought you were really, really enjoying the podcast. <laughs> I tell you what, the last time I saw Obviously. something, the last time I saw something this disturbing was when I was driving <laughs> along in Dublin city centre, and it was when the Wii came out, you know, and they had really bad games. You know, it was like when phone games came out, and all you had was Snake and stuff, which is still a pretty awesome game. And there was a guy up in a window right in front of the traffic. Now, everyone knew what he was doing, we hope, but it wasn't evident for a while. So we're stopped at a red light looking directly into this guy's window in the city centre. And he's playing the Wii game. And the game was one where you had to shake the Wii controller to, to pop the champagne bubbles or something like that. <laughs> so he was vigorously shaking away up in his room there, right? And it was only when he stood up to reset the game or whatever we saw the Wii controller. Um, so that was disturbing that's kind of the vision that I got from you could you stop enjoying the podcast a damn much and put your pants back yeah, on please I, they're on they're on I just seriously for all the listeners at home now I had a bad cramp then and I was trying to be professional I was trying to get <laughs> cramp out yeah you can't be professional when, you're, when your hands move oh, fast I don't even do you know what do you know what I know we've been doing this a while now I do not know how to get it back from let's say playing the Wii back to the Giants game Right, let me bring it back then, right? <laughs> playing the Wii's having a good time. Playing the Giants, not so having a good time. And this season, the stats are kind of stacked up against the Packers. In three of the main categories, and look, do you know what? I'm sorry, I'm going to go off rails here again. I stood up on the mic at the party and said the word tree, and I got just, that was the best laugh I got all night by me speaking in my Irish tones. Like, I know you say free or whatever you say over there in, in uh, Tommy land, but in Ireland it's tree, right? Yeah, we all know what you're saying. It's fine. Right, okay. So in three of the facets of the game, we get clobbered. The Giants are ninth on offense. We're 29th. Now, I'd love to pause there and examine that, but it's too damn painful. On defense, they're 11th, we're 13th. And in passing, they're 4th and we're 29th. The only place that we actually beat them is in rushing. Uh, where they're 16th. 19th and we're 16th yeah but I mean I think that's going to get an awful lot worse for the Giants because uh, you know they, they're most of their running backs are on IR so that's going to get even worse for them and when you look look if you look behind the stats of course they're better in passing because Eli Manning has no outlet whatsoever in the run game and has to keep pegging the ball up into the air to try hit Odell Beckham you know um, or Shepard or Cruz because he has a lot of weapons so of course they're going to be ahead by that because we're going after this all round uh, offence but I put it to you Ryan and this is something that I heard on a podcast during the week if you have Aaron Rodgers should you even be trying to have a well rounded offence and just say screw it A-Rod just keep throwing the damn thing and then once you make people really respect the passing game well then you can bring in the run game but be a pass first team and then start worrying about having an all-around offense. No, no, not for me. Dumb idea, right? You use the run to set up the pass. And I know that sounds old-fashioned. Everybody says it, but it's true. 
How do you make a team respect the pass? You run the ball on them. How do you make them respect the run? You pass the ball on them. You have to have a balance. Is that not a chicken and egg stuff, though? I mean, can you not use the pass to make them respect the run? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is you can't just go, do you know what, we've got A-Rod. We'll let him pass the ball 90% of the time. 5% of the time he'll scramble, and then, you know, maybe we'll give it to a running back sometimes. It's got to be balanced. And look, the 2 I'll tell you now, for me, the two biggest keys to this game... Okay, our run defense at the moment is allowing a league best 42.7 yards a game, yeah? yeah. Or even better than that, 1.8 yards per carry. Mm. As you already said, Vereen's out. Vereen's out probably till December if he comes back at all. Um, Rashad Jennings, you know, I would say an average back, average to good back. He's doubtful, questionable with a thumb injury. Past that, yeah, I think it's Orleans Darkwa. And then a couple of other guys, I think, including maybe even Bobby Rainey or mm. somebody I saw, yeah. right, who's, you know, a reject from Tampa Bay years back. So their run game is pretty poor um, or in a poor position at the moment. Um, our run defense is the best in the league. OK, for example, here, I've got this. I found this great stat online. Um, it took us 11 quarters of football to allow our 100th rushing yard. <laughs> 11 quarters of football. Some defences are giving that up inside one half of football. Yeah. You know? So they're my keys for this. Um, but just to get back to your point, and, and this is sort of my other key to this game, I've actually got down here one of the main keys to our game would be for Eddie Lacey to keep running the ball. He's averaging five yards a carry at the minute. And I think that's huge. People have been on Eddie Lacey. They're saying he's not particularly effective. Look, when you run the ball, sometimes you get tackled on the on the line of scrimmage. Sometimes you get tackled for a loss. And other times you break through and you go for a touchdown. But when he's being asked to run the ball, at the minute, he's generally getting the, the yards he needs. And to average five yard of carry as an NFL running back, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good yards per carry. I take that all day long. And the thing is, is people have to remember that those yards uh, per carry, you might go yeah they're average but yeah average on a line that had you know got one of the key components taken out of it one of the key components in opening those running lanes in sitting taken from it so for him to be still getting that average is very important now again just for the crack i think i mean should the packers not say a rod just put on an exhibition and do what he does and get him to absolutely annihilate them now if we're talking keys to the game though we can't we kind of bring it back there right obviously the key to this game really sits with one matchup and it's talked about to death so you know let's try take whatever angle we can on it Demarius Randall is going to be on Odell Beckham Jr probably most of the game does that frighten you or do you think he's up for the challenge yeah I'm not going to blindly go into this I mean I'd love to say I don't worry about we'll keep him quiet there's two things to worry about this Randall has not been performing particularly well Mm. I think that's I think that's obvious to everyone I think he's a good player, though, and I think he'll come back good. It's just, you know, we need him to do that sooner rather than later. The other thing, OBJ's obviously, you know, lost a fight to a kick in net, had some attitude issues, hasn't been, I think, certainly in his last game because he wasn't overly productive in that last game. It was his worst career game. Right, okay, but he's a superstar receiver. And the problem being is he's coming out in the press this week with all those comments you want to hear from your star player. You know, I need to get my attitude right. I need to knuckle down. I need to do this, blah, 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 blah. Mm. What we don't want him to do is do that against us because at the moment we have some weakness in our secondary. It looked better against the Lions, maybe until the second half. Mm. We looked better 
but against the big three, and you've already mentioned their names, OBJ, Victor Cruz, and Shepard. I can't remember his first name. Shepard. Yeah, you know, Sterling those three Shepherd, guys. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Sterling Shepard. So those three guys there, they've got the potential to absolutely gun any defense, let alone ours. Yeah, because it's telling that Randall came out and said that it's like, a, what did he call it, a tree-headed snake or tree-headed serpent or something. You know, the three of those would be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. Now, don't laugh. I mean, you know, not you, but listeners. Victor Cruz was, he thought he was going to be, you know, Mr. Big Blue Balls there in uh, in New York. He thought he was going to be the dude, and then he got injured and went down. But this is the guy who was doing the salsa in the Super Bowl and really enjoying himself, you know. And as you said, Odell Beckham Jr., a lot of people are making the comments online, in the media, news articles, you know, seasoned journalists saying oh his attitude yada yada look this guy's in the fishbowl of new york this guy is criticized each and every day there was articles and there was hate mail and a whole movement about the guy's hair you know so this guy is used to being under this kind of scrutiny so if people think that he's gonna crack and we're gonna be able to get to him to be honest with you randall's last two performances are not the performances of a guy who's going to step up to Odell Beckham Jr. with all the talent that he has and intimidate him or say something to really annoy him. You know, Odell Beckham's going to be looking at the tape and saying, this is a guy that I can exploit. Now, in Randall's defense, he came out himself and said, most of these errors that I've been doing are are myself. They're errors that I've been making. And that's true. I mean, two of the big plays that he gave up against Marvin Jones in the last game was, one, he thought he was out of bounds, so just stop playing, which he can never do. That's absolute... Uh, you know that's that little league stuff and then um you know rookie stuff and then the, the other one was he just fell over and then marvin jones fell backwards almost himself into the end zone to get that touchdown so an awful lot of these mistakes are on him and when we stuff the run so effectively you're going to put an unbelievable amount of pressure on your secondary and that's exactly what's happened but i like i don't know about you ron but i've been in work before where people have been out people have been sick i've walked into a new job the team's got decimated i've had to take on far too much than i was able to you shoulder the burden you make a few mistakes you cock up a few times but ultimately at the very end of all of that you become the number one you become the go-to guy because you've seen it all done it all you've made all the mistakes that you can make you've you've shouldered all that responsibility from maybe too young and it, it makes you mature an awful lot quicker so if anything this stout run defense is making randall and all the rest of the secondary you know get that much more exposed and yes you're going to get burned for big plays and yes i do think that we're going to get burned for a few big plays in this giants game because i don't think we're going to be able to curtail beckham he hasn't got a touchdown yet this season he's going worrying to, isn't it it's shocking it's worrying and look not to be a naysayer not to be negative and don't don't be don't people bitching at me online right the packers have a tendency on occasion to give up the big plays to the big players in a really obvious way we did it for years with adrian peterson well look when at jones in jones in the line game and then digs against minnesota yeah you know we let those guys have almost career days against us and that's what we cannot do against obj no and these are the players that if you're going into it it's like going into a game of barcelona and then leaving messi run around and do whatever he wants to do you can't like yeah like show your weakness be humble you know double team them all the time and take a shot on you know the second wide receiver do it and just be just be open with doing it we the, you know sorry sorry uh, i was just thinking you know the best way that we can probably stop their three receivers is with our defensive line yeah now that sounds back to front 
Um, but quite simply, a lot of what you do and your success in the secondary is based on how successful you are up front. Okay, and and I know most people are listening to me are going, oh well, well done with that, mate. Yeah, insightful. You know, that's that, I know that's obvious, right? But if we can get pressure on Eli and Eli gets the ball out too quick, the timing's off. If we can get pressure on Eli so we can hit him a couple of times, he gets nervous that Big Mike Daniels is coming to, in his own words, smash him in the mouth. Smash you know, him in the mouth. You know? Yep. Um, those guys can get pressure on and they have been getting good pressure on and they've been playing fantastically up front. Get the pressure on there, disrupt the passing rhythms, disrupt the passing timings. That might just give our secondary, who are great ballers, in my opinion, they can get on the ball, interceptions, pass deflections, make things happen in that sense, that might just give them the spark they need on on defence. And we've seen, haven't we, OBJ, you only got to piss him off a couple of times mm. and he essentially gives up and goes and fights with a kick in it. Yeah, and look, again, as you said, people are saying, oh, obviously, I don't think it is. And that's exactly how Minnesota uh, bet the Giants. They got in their face and they made Eli Manning throw early. And again... Odell Beckham and all of these speedy receivers, they're only good when you give the quarterback time to throw because they burn you in the backfield and next thing you have this 40, 50-yard bomb coming down on you. Eli Manning's a good quarterback. He can, he can be an accurate quarterback. I mean, he looks like the type of guy who got held back in class four years in a row. That's true, right? right. Yeah. I've got a question for you then, just quick before you carry on here. Yeah. Eli Manning, elite quarterback. Yes, no. I'm going to say no. Like, I know he's got the Super Bowl rings and all that sort of stuff. I don't think he's elite because he can't depend on them. If you look what's happened to them, they've lost two games now already. Hopefully a third game on the trot. I don't think he's elite. Would you put him in that bracket? I'm going to say yes. And I know that's controversial, but he's won multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, but... Yeah. uh, Yeah, he has, yeah. One of them was on a hot streak at the very end of the season and he he was on fire and that happened look it's telling right cam newton is exciting and he has some sexy play they're getting destroyed this season because if this if everything isn't clicking exactly right those quarterbacks cannot play if you look at a big ben elite aaron Rodgers, elite now i know people are questioning a rod and all that but just shut your face and you look at all and tony romo they're quarterbacks that win in spite mm. of what's stacked up against them and i think if you have to have a well-oiled machine where everybody's operating at an optimal level it's like i had to laugh when people were saying that the cardinals were going to repeat this year no they're not when they were saying the washington redskins were going to repeat their success this year no they're not when the carolina panthers were going to repeat their success this year no they're not i mean if you look at all of these players i mean from doing the irish radio gig i have to look past all of these teams and try to figure out why they won because i've got to do this bad accumulator and the one thing that stood out to me about the carolina panthers and i feel sorry for any bandwagoner a new fan who's not a bandwagon but any new fan has kind of jumped on it this year got excited by the Panthers play which is completely understandable last year and bought themselves a Cam Newton jersey the stats in their games in a nutshell is every single week most of the players didn't perform and every single week one player had a breakout game that no one's ever heard of before and that's how they kept winning games and that's why they got clobbered by the Falcons last year who were god awful and they got they beat the Panthers because they were able to exploit 
that and they didn't have one person on the team the Panthers didn't who actually had a breakout game so they got smashed so yeah I wouldn't put him in the elite category because he's the type of guy who can it's like the guys who sat in the Ferrari Formula 1 cars for years the car itself was an exceptionally engineered machine and as long as you had your wherewithal about you you could make some gains and you could win some races you know whereas you know I feel like I get what you're saying, but the New York Giants haven't always been a Ferrari, and yet he no. still managed to win with them. So, look, I'm not a massive Eli fan. I'm not going out there to get his jersey. I don't have, you know, he's not one of my favourite players in the league. I'm just saying that time and time and again, he proves that he's he can do it with whatever's around him. He's a definitely a serviceable quarterback, but he's not elite, <laughs> right? He's he's the same as do you know what he's. I hope, he's up, I hope Eli's not listening this week. Right. Sorry, Eli. Be- I know Peyton listens religiously. I'm just hoping that he won't pass on the message to his bro. But I put him in the same category as Philip Rivers, a guy who can get the job done, who can you know, like he passed on us for career numbers. What did he pass for? Five hundred and three yards or something like that in that game that uh, we went over to see in Lambo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had a fantastic day, but. Again that day though we let uh, what's the I can't even think what the receiver's called Keenan Allen. We let, was it Keenan Allen? Yeah. yeah. So we let that guy go out there and have a career day against us. We just got that <laughs> habit, haven't we? There you go. But let, let's bring it back to this game. Another thing that I think is substantial that people say isn't, but I say definitely is, is Ben McAdoo. Here's a guy who spent eight years with the Packers. So six as a tight ends coach, two as a quarterback coach. So he worked very very closely with A Rod. I mean, if there's anybody that knows the way A Rod's gonna react. You know, his favorite routes, his favorite receivers, you know, how he goes through his reads. It's going to be Ben McAdoo, right? And I think that's considerable here. The only thing that I think will negate that type of experience is the fact that the Giants have been on the road for so long, battling, losing to, that I don't know if they have the time to have sat down and, you know, because look, game time you know situations are game time situations you don't think oh i remember two weeks ago in film study when he said aaron Rodgers ford reed would be to go to the tight end in the scene i mean you know you're not going to be thinking of that stuff you're going to just be it's very reactionary but i still think it's significant ryan isn't it that when you're organizing a game plan for a quarterback that people are saying is kind of struggling because we've the 29 to, i don't know what do you say best or worst offense it's an awful lot handier when you've eight years experience yeah. on that dude I- I get what you're saying, but who was the guy that went to uh, the Dolphins from us? Was it Joe Philbin? Philbin, yeah. And he goes and be the head coach of the Dolphins, you know? I'm pretty sure we played the Dolphins when Philbin was the head coach. Mm. And yeah. I'm pretty sure we won that game. with. We the, bet them uh, with the fake spike that time. With remember? the fake spike, yeah. yeah. So for me, I mean, there's, there's coaches that move all around the league. I mean, Rex Ryan has gone from the Jets to the uh, to the Bills right now. Is that a massive thing? I think the Bills just beat the Jets, but I'm not being fair. Jets are bad this season. It's probably not a good example. But there's certain coaches that go round and round the league, you know, and they they're almost been on near enough every team at some sort of position. I get what you're saying. Obviously, he's worked closely with Rogers. The thing is, though, video um, and and the scouting departments now are so so good in football that there's not going to be anything. I feel that he knows that's a vast amount more than anybody else knows. It's you know, it's it's one of the things. Also, you know, if I'm going up against the the old offensive coordinator, the old quarterbacks coach, whatever it might be, that'll be the game where I start getting out those new plays since he's gone, or I'm starting to flip the book, or I'm going to start giving him the looks of something so he thinks he sees something, and then actually it's something completely different. They'll be they'll be aware of that, and they'll, they'll be prepared for it. Yeah, and I th- look, I think it does all come down to when you're in a game time situation, you're not going to be thinking back to your film study. And you're not habitually going to know, oh, 
you know, when this play breaks down in the secondary, this is what he's going for. Because you haven't got eyes in the back of your head. You're just going to try and make a play in the ball. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, is clinical enough still um, to be a dominant quarterback and to just rip you open. So let's call it then. With all the stats that the Packers haven't lost at home um, in October since 2010, that the Giants have lost two on the trot, we're after a bye week. Add all of that stuff in. Is that significant for this to be a blowout on the Packers side or are you still sort of harboring a bit of worry about it? No, no, I'm quite confident we win here. Reason being, league best run defence. Them, starting running backs out, possibly even their second running backs out. Okay. Um, I want to look at another one here. The Giants so far this season have no interceptions on their defence. Okay. Rodgers so far this year, seven touchdowns, one interception. Okay, We know that Rodgers generally does not turn the ball over easily. Most of the time, if that happens, it's because it's you know come off of a receiver's hands and ended up somewhere it shouldn't have done. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. So I think we can shut them down. We force them to pass. Our defensive line gets in their face. I think we're at home as well. Let's not count out the Lambeau factor. Mm-hmm. And I know I've said that two of the Giants' wins in those last three against McCarthy have been at Lambeau um, but let's not count out that Lambeau factor uh, I think we win this one I think it's incredibly tight I think it's going to be a heart attack pack night but I think there'll just be one special moment and I think it might be the difference will be a punt return a kick return uh, you know a forced fumble a pick up and a return I think there'll be something out of the ordinary that splits these two teams because I think they're both very good and they're both quite well matched and that's that's a surprising answer from you because you always go yeah well, it's going to be a 50 burger and we're going to so I'll tell you what excellent answer measured in all of your approach I'm going to do a peacock on it and I'm going to say I think we're going to blow these apart I reckon we're going to destroy them by three touchdowns or more in the differential not just three touchdowns and here's the reason why and are very similar to your reasons. And this is why I thought you were going to go and wax lyrical about how we were going to rub their face in it. So we're going to make them one-dimensional, which scares me. You know, we're obviously going to take the runaway. Like you said, they're going to have some journeymen in there. And sometimes they're the lads that actually burn you more because you don't have a whole lot of tape on them. But I think that our run defense is so stout. Uh, we're number one in the league for a reason. 1.8 yards per carry is ridiculous. So we're going to make them one-dimensional, and we're going to know we're going to make them one-dimensional. The Vikings made the Giants one-dimensional last week and they made Eli throw the ball you know dink and dunk stuff he didn't get any big plays uh, it helped that Beckham Jr. was throwing a bit of a fanny fit on the sideline um, but again he was throwing that fit and that's not why he played badly he was throwing the fit because he couldn't get the ball and he was dropping passes you know, so I don't think it's a case where they got into his head and he couldn't play. I don't think that's the case at all. He was he was annoyed because he wasn't getting the ball and couldn't make plays. So I fully expect that this week it's been in the media that all of the Packers coaches have sat down with the players and went through everything one by one. So they've given him specific notes on a specific player, sat him down, showed him what he should and shouldn't do. And I think they'll be well versed and well prepared for this Giants game. The Giants' defense last year was the worst defense in the league. Now, they've jumped up since, but I think this is the game where they get reminded that a team that was quoted as being in transition last year gets blasted back in their heels to be told, 
I'm sorry buddies but you're still in transition again and they're going to get ripped apart by an elite quarterback with his elite wide receivers Jordy Nelson's only getting better he's had the majority of the snaps I think the first game he only didn't play on three snaps against the Jags and really poor weather I mean poor as in it was too hot and that's the place that you get cramps and dehydration so all of these things taken into account and with all of the people being healthy again you know with the exception of Cook uh, and Shields I reckon we blow them apart by at least three touchdowns. I reckon we get into the high 30s, if not early 40s. And I reckon we really stunt and limit them. Now, I do think we'll give up a big play or three against Odell Beckham Jr. I think he will get his first touchdown here. But I don't think... I think we'll blow into such a, a lead that Eli becomes the... Just a the screw it. Let me just throw it up there. And I think we come down with some interceptions and we get a bit of confidence there. Um, So that's my take on it hopefully that it comes true i'm usually the conservative type of dude i don't know maybe this party ryan has me feeling all sort of you know party boy again all rock and roll oh, absolutely love it so i mean that's where we leave it for today uh that's the giants i hope you're, I hope you're not trying to finish the podcast though because we have your impossible question ah jesus here we go is it there he goes ah jesus ah jesus what do we've got well here we go your impossible question is related to your man crush justin perillo how do you like that <laughs> okay and we all know so so i a uh, full full expert on justin perillo not really i just know he has long hair and he's <laughs> awesome and he's got a nice bid never he? forget the bid yeah okay. okay so here we go so he played for maine yeah okay. i don't know if you've heard of him the maine black bears right mm. now in their history they have one other player <laughs> what one of one other player who made the Green Bay Packers in 2012 do you know who that is uh, now, I don't watch I understand that this is massively unfair because with all respect to the University of Maine it's probably not the biggest football powerhouse in the world so I'll give you a clue it was a defensive back And he was signed in 2012. Uh, I believe 2012 was probably, yeah, the year he was drafted in. Ah, oh, Jesus. I've absolutely got you on this because I'm, you know, I don't want to, I've seen what everybody's suggesting for all the, uh, everyone's suggesting for, for Ravenous at the party, for the loser. <laughs> This is hard. Why? Why would you do this? Like, don't know. Do you want some other clues? Oh, yeah. After leaving the Green Bay Packers after his one season, <laughs> okay, he goes on to join the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't believe you don't know this guy. It was the main Black Bears' highest ever draft pick. In the fourth round of the 2012 NFL draft, and he played. I think it's, did he get much playing? He played time? defensive back. Well, he was with us for essentially one season. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was that? Is impossible. Come on, <laughs> it's called impossible question. I just wanted to ask you an absolute boomer because I don't want to be wearing this Bears jersey at the Super Bowl party. Okay, so he was a defensive player. Mm-hmm. Definitely defensive back. 
Yeah. Played safety. This is the last clue I've got now, and I don't even think it's going to help. But he was added to the active roster to replace Nick Collins. Okay, so let's go through the main players that I actually remember from 2012. So we Casey Hayward. Sorry, do you mean the main players on the team or the main players? Ah, uh, here we go. Because <laughs> that really helped. Yeah, so Casey Hayward was... was he, he was 2012. He must have been there then. Big Mike Daniels. He's not a safety. Nick Perry was drafted then. Oh, I think I've won. They're, I think I've won this yeah, they're the only defensive players that are actually worth. So do you know what? Whoever this fool is, I'm glad he's gone. Whoa, hang on. Glad he he's gone be because he might be listening. Well, he might be. Uh, he, he's probably a big fan of the podcast. Um, <laughs> if I can, if I can guess the first letter of his first name, do I get like point one of a point? Nope. But you can do it anyway, just for fun. J. <laughs> Is that right? It's, it's not wrong. Okay. Are you giving up? I'm not going to tell you who this is, because otherwise everyone at home is going to get bored listening. Uh, yeah, go on. Jerron. Macmillan. <laughs> Jerron Macmillan. <laughs> but you remember him now. Yeah, I tell you, he's uh, he's from down the road, good old Jerron McMillan. You know, he's from the McMillans of uh, Roundwood. Oh, here we go again, every player's <laughs> Right. <laughs> to be fair to him, his NFL statistics, by the time he was out of the league and the Kansas City Chiefs let him go, 42 tackles and an interception. So I imagine most of that was with Green Bay. So he actually did play a bit in that time. Yeah. Uh, but he was then let go. So, and like I said, he was the highest ever um, draft pick at Maine University. Uh, a record that was went way back to 1967, uh, a player called John Huard. So, yeah, currently a free agent and currently just got me a point to put me 4-3 up. Ooh. So, more importantly. By the way, the forfeit is is that at the Super Bowl party, the loser has to wear a Bears jersey, which is just vomit-inducing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Bears jersey or Bears t-shirt of some sort. Yeah, I, I, hold on though. I, I got the first letter of his name and his surname when you said his first name. So that has doesn't to be count. Some doesn't count for anything. Point. I'm sure the listeners agree. Doesn't count for anything. Team UK here. Doesn't count for a thing. And you like the way as well? I just made it out like it was kind of about Justin Barilla. Yeah, and I got all excited there. I was thinking, oh, here we go. What's his mother's name? And I would have dived right yeah. in. And it ended up being Jerome McMillan. But never mind. All right. So look, if anyone is sick of Ryan's smugness here, uh, you know, send me in a question at NFL on Twitter and let me know. Give me something really impossible and something really from left field, like s- some dude who played for the Packers for a year. Who cares? Okay. You know, by the you know by the end of the year when I've beaten you by three or four points, not only are you going to be wearing a Bears jersey, but you're also going to be performing your very own halftime show during the Super Bowl. Jesus, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't bear thinking of time to get that saxophone out and play those beautiful tunes absolutely so yeah if so what i need is is an impossible question from the listeners and also a bears jersey and what size ryan xl for you if you could send yeah. that on to uk packers hq <laughs> uh, that'd be great just just put uk None packers of our hq listeners have a bears jersey i can almost guarantee it i uh, bet someone bought at the burn or stick on a teddy bear well, they're put it saying on that this doesn't have role play i reckon i reckon sean gale's listening after we met him at the weekend 
let's say let's end it on a berry note so from me at steedy the nfl on twitter follow the group at uk packers go to the website www.ukpackers.co.uk sign up to the newsletter we'll send you stuff get onto the shop instagram search at uk packers facebook at uk packers and of course me old buddy me old pal at ryan peacock nfl until next time goodbye goodbye